the property pod. 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 pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello this is the property pod with moneyweb Several of South Africa's listed property counters have reported results over the February-March reporting season, including the likes of Growth Point, Emira, Fortress, Resilient, Hyprop, Attack, and SA Corporate, amongst others. There has been a general recovery from a trading environment perspective, but the SA REIT sector has had somewhat of a lackluster start in the first quarter of 2022 on the JSE from a markets cap and share trading perspective. Joining me now on this episode of the Property Pod is Anton Dukuda, the portfolio manager covering listed property at Coronation Fund Managers. We will be looking at SA REIT's sector performance for the first quarter of 2022 and some of the results that have come out in February and March. Some big counters came out with their results uh, recently. Anton, welcome to the podcast. Hi there, Serene. How are you all? Yes, very well. Thanks again for joining us from Cape Town. So, Anton, last year, the listed property sector saw quite a significant rebound from the plunge that most of the stock market saw in 2020 as a result of COVID-19. But I see the sector has ended the first quarter of this year, maybe not seeing the ton of growth that you know, the other investments like equities and, and that sort of thing have shown. Nobody has really shot the lights out from various uh, investment classes. But from stats that I saw this morning, it's around 1% or 2% down for the first quarter. What are your general thoughts uh, of the performance so far, or rather for the first quarter of 2022? Seren, um, yeah, the sector gave a performance of a negative Minus 1.6, you're right there, uh, the 1 or 2% down. If one looks at the OP or the All Property Index, which is the index that we look at here at Coronation, you must remember and put it within the context of last year. Last year, the sector gave you more than 30% total return, with especially a strong quarter end in 2021 at an 8.4% return. So I think, you know, initially there was a, just a bit of a breather that the sector took or investors took to see where things you know can and should settle post covid and therefore january and february especially also within the backdrop of the geopolitical issues that we're seeing out of europe as well as the inflation scare and potential interest rate scare that one is seeing out of europe the us and then potentially here as well all of that kind of you know, you've got to take it in context of the performance of this past quarter. Thanks for that, Anton. We'll get to the issues happening in Ukraine and interest rates a little later on. But uh, from a market cap perspective, I looked at the stats and it's like 8 to 10% down. Obviously, the overall total return perspective, the sector is relatively okay. But there has been some fall from a market cap perspective of SA rates. To be honest, a fall in market cap is not relevant here because uh, you've got to look at it from a total return point of view. And when one receives a dividend during the quarter, you know, of course, that share price will then lower by the dividend that you received. So therefore, look at it from a total return perspective, because that's what you eventually going to receive as a shareholder if we held the shares throughout the quarter. Fantastic. Thanks for the clarity on that. And from the rich results that have come out, uh, obviously some 
big big uh, players like growth point but uh, there were several other players some paying out dividends and obviously they'd have different financial years which results have stood out from the recent reporting period and and which uh, could have been possibly better what are your general thoughts around recent results yeah if one looks at the more SA focused names within the sector, and I'm not excluding names like Nepu Rock Castle, Mass, or, or Lighthouse from it. If you look at the underlying earnings, that grew by around 5.5% year on year with the result season. Uh, and of course, a much stronger dividend growth number of 8.3% that came through during the quarter. And I think what's important to note there is that companies initially through COVID, decided not to pay any dividends or they cut their dividend payout ratios. And we are now seeing a more, or return to a more normalized, although not 100%, but still kind of a a normalized payout ratio going forward now that the uncertainties of COVID come through. Or the the uncertainties of COVID is is not there anymore. In terms of the results itself, to be honest, uh, you know, there was nothing that, kind of stood out as, as stellar results. I think results in general were kind of what the market expected. And if you think of of the underlying operations, we are continuing to see negative reversions. So when leases expire, you know, tenants are signing more or less at, you know, still at lower than that previous rent that had expired at new leases. Um, but that, of course, is being done to manage the vacancies. And therefore, we're seeing fairly okay vacancy management, especially on the retail and industrial or logistics side. And we continue to actually be a bit worried about office vacancies uh, and the potential for office demand, office space demand going forward. So overall, the results were more or less in line with expectations, with nothing really being a positive standout in terms of the rest of the sector. Do you have any concerns about some of the counters not declaring dividends? Obviously, some of them are half years, so they may well declare dividends in the second half of the year. But you had the likes, uh, obviously, Fortress has its own internal discussions around uh, the A and B share price. But Attack, for example, I think uh, Hyprop as well didn't pay out dividends during this cycle. Yeah, I mean, uh, according to JSU rules, companies don't necessarily need to pay interim dividends. And I think we got used to the fact as retail investors through through the years that that people pay half-year dividends as well. So if you look throughout the COVID crisis, companies that, that didn't pay a half-year dividend eventually paid a full-year dividend, taking into account the earnings of the interim periods, or most counters did that. Um, and in any event, according to REIT regulations, companies need to pay at least 75% of distributable profit to qualify as a REIT. So therefore, we are not worried as investors if companies didn't invest or didn't pay out the the interim dividends. And in any event, you've got to look over a three or a five-year period because then it will come through in the wash in terms of the total return prospects uh, of the company. Thanks, uh, Anton. Just uh, zoning in on another company, a specific company, their results are coming out um, later in the year. But I see the last week, um, Vukile put out a very positive pre-close 
statement uh, upping their guidance. Obviously, Vukile is specifically focused on retail in South Africa and Spain, so they are somewhat of a specialist in that area. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, were you surprised by their upping their guidance? Uh, rural commuter type retail, where there's an essential trading element to it, um, where you've got grocers, you've got pharmacies, uh, that's part of that tenant mix, which is important in terms of just keep providing a good underpin where we're looking at the current consumer spend. But what also played a role in the up, upping their guidance was the fact that they are increasing what they are paying out to investors. Where in the past, they, uh, if I remember correctly, they guided, I think, to a 65 70% type payout ratio of their earnings, but they've upped that to around uh, closer to 80%, if I remember correctly. So therefore, of course, you know, the share price reacted positively because as a shareholder, you're going to get more cash in, in your hand due to that higher dividend. Turning to the geopolitical uh, situation that has uh, kind of shocked the world with Russia and Ukraine, obviously it's post um, the reporting period for many of the writs um, that we talked about but it may have an impact on them even if they don't operate there but what are your thoughts around that could it have an impact on sa writs particularly those that have diversified offshore in eastern europe for example redefine um, you know have their presence in in poland which is taking a lot of refugees and there are other players as well that have presence in other countries there. Yeah, I mean, there you're right. I mean, as, as a South African region investor, one needs to be cognizant of the offshore exposure that's sitting within the sector, which, of course, if you go back 10 years, there was, you know, very little offshore exposure. And that offshore exposure has jumped, you know, substantially over the last 10 years. And a big portion of that offshore exposure sits within Central and Eastern Europe and countries like Poland, as you mentioned, uh, in Romania, um, also some Hungary, some Bulgaria, some Serbia. So it, it, it's a good mix within that region. And in terms of the geopolitical risk and the potential impact, you know, one can't say exactly what's going to happen out of the Ukraine and out of Russia and how things will transpire. But one needs to be cognizant of just consumer sentiment, consumer demand and how it may impact retail sales, because that is where the bulk of the exposure sits within our sector uh, on that Eastern, Central and Eastern European exposure. And if there's a war on, on, your, on your doorstep, do you still want to spend as much as you would have as a, as a consumer? Uh, to be honest, I doubt that. So I think that is key that one needs to be looking at. You know, the, the historical strong... Uh, consumer spend that was driving rentals and tenant demand in that region, will that, you know, falter in, in the short to medium term or will it have a permanent impact on that kind of uh, consumer consumer demand? Okay, we'll have to watch that very closely. Turning to interest rates, I think it was at SA RIT conference, uh, one of the analysts, I'm not sure if it was yourself, said, you know, interest rate hike is not necessarily a bad thing for the RIT sector. Obviously, that was before Ukraine situation, and now things have kind of uh, rocked the world in a way. You know, you're looking at a spike not just in oil prices, but food issues, and and now the interest rate might be taken up faster rate or more regularly. 
Are you concerned about the, the repo rate hikes or inflation? What is it good or bad for the, the listed property sector? Well, because listed property in general is a geared investment with the sector average gearing sitting you know, just under 40%, any kind of interest rate increase will be negative. Uh, and that is despite the fact that most REITs actually hedge out the interest rate risk over a three, four, five year period. So therefore, any kind of short term moves shouldn't and wouldn't impact the overall earnings or, or dividends that you receive as a shareholder. But longer term, as those hedges unwind and that interest rate risk comes through, of course, it will have an impact. And therefore, we do expect some pressure on earnings due to high interest rates flowing through the earnings stream over the next three to five years as, as these hedges actually unwind. Now, in terms of inflation, uh, it's a double-edged sword, unfortunately. Um, on the one hand, um, inflation drives higher retail sales numbers, and especially on the retail side uh, or retail um, uh, uh, rental side, you know, that supports retail rentals, um, which is, of course, good. But on the other hand, as a consumer, when inflation is high, you don't actually want to spend as much. So therefore, again, retail sales may actually be negatively impacted. So it is a bit of a double-edged sword. Uh, and of course, together with that, your operating costs as a REIT, especially from an administered pricing point of view, then also increases faster than expected. Uh, and you could have some pressure on, on your earnings due to those administered pricings uh, increasing faster than, than historically. So it is something that we watch. I think overall, we, um, inflation was seen as positive for property because of the fact that you see higher escalations, higher turnovers in an environment where growth is not necessarily coming through and it's more kind of stagflation than anything else that poses a definite risk for property owners. And then just a last question before we conclude. What are your expectations for the REIT sector for 2022? It might be a little bit unfair because of what's happened in the Ukraine and in the world from an interest rate perspective. But do you think that REITs will end at least in single-digit positive come in 2022? Well, a good starting point to look at return expectations is to see what the sector is yielding one year forward. And at the moment, the sector is yielding around 85 to 9%, depending on, on what type of index you look at one year forward. So that's a good starting point. Now, we have seen most um, sectors being under pressure, office, um, retail, and logistics from a valuation point of view over the last three, four years. And for the first time, we've seen kind of stabilization in underlying asset values. So if you see kind of flat to marginally higher asset values of the landlords, together with a high single-digit um, return or income return expectation, one should expect then between that 8 and 10 or 8 and 12% type overall return through the cycle. But of course, you know, as you rightly said, anything is, is possible out of the Ukraine. Um, we don't know how far or how long the aggression will be within the region uh, and how any kind of investor look at uh, their risk appetite. And of course, if risk appetite decreases, any kind of growth asset, which includes property, will be negatively impacted. But a good starting point is at 8 9% yield and to work from there to see, all right, 
you know, may I be getting, you know, uh, positive returns, which is highly likely at this stage, barring any escalation of the of the conflict. Thank you, Anton, so much for your time. Just out of interest, the SA sector seems to be performing a little bit better than UK rates and, and global rates. So, so maybe that can be seen as a positive. But Anton, we'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. That was Anton de Kuda of JC Listed Fund Manager Coronation. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. Brought to you by Asset, South Africa's leading digital commercial property magazine. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories. The Property Pod. Pod. Pod.